Hello and welcome to the Catholic Duluth Show. The Catholic Duluth Show is a parish community podcast serving the parishes of St. Lawrence and Holy Family in Duluth, Minnesota. Thank you for joining joining me today. Uh, my name is Dan Rhoda, uh, and today we're doing things a little bit different than we have in the past. So I'm actually recording this this intro after we've actually done the podcast. So um, so today we had uh, Father Seth Goglin join us. Um, it was a really great conversation. Um, we, it was a, a little bit rushed because uh, Father Anthony had a had a meeting that ran a little late. So he, he, you know, as you find out, he joins us a little bit later in the podcast. Um, but yeah, just really looking forward to uh, just sharing this this conversation with you all. Uh, Father Seth is uh, the pastor at uh, St. John's, uh, kind of over in like Woodland, so like the east side of Duluth. And then um, just re- recently, I guess this past year. He also took on uh, St. Benedict's, which is over, you know, just by St. Scholastica. Um, so, yeah, it was uh, just a really great conversation with uh, Father Seth. Uh, and he, he's also a Brainerd boy, so we, we talk about Brainerd for a little bit. Um, and, um, and, yeah, it's just a good conversation. Uh, this upcoming January, he's going to be taking on the role as Vicar General and also um, the mediator of mission integration for the diocese. Um, so yeah, we talk a little bit about that and just talk about the brotherhood of the priests and uh, just, yeah, have a have a really, really great conversation. Um, so quickly, just, you know, what are some things that are going on? Uh, we're, we're currently kind of, I mean, we just finished up faith formation. Um, we just finished up RCIA. So a lot of those kind of weekly things are dying down in the parish um, for summer. But one thing that is on the horizon is totus tuus. So that is happening, uh, this I believe, the second full week of June. So it's June 12th through the 17th. Um, so if you're not familiar with totus tuus, it's kind of like a vacation Bible school, um, but a little bit a, a, a little bit different. And so there's two different groups. There's one is like kindergarten through sixth, which they meet <coughs> excuse me, in the mornings um, from 9 a.m. to 2.30, uh, Monday through Friday. And then there's another group that's 7th grade through 12th grade. And they meet uh, 7 p.m. through 9 p.m. Uh, Sunday evening through Thursday evening. So it's for that whole week. Um, if you want more information, uh, you can uh, check out uh, the website, so catholicduluth.org. And then under the Faith Formation tab, there's a totus tuus kind of registration. and give some more information there. Um, you can also contact Karen, uh, and she can kind of give you more information for that as well. Um, other than that, you know, there's not not a ton of things going on. We have adoration, and, uh, you know, w- w- there will be some more things going on in the summer, but we're about to kind of enter summer mode. So, you know, time to go to the lake and just, um, you know, just uh, hopefully be able to take a little bit of a step back from our, our busy lives um, and also maybe, you know, have a more 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 prayer time, a little bit just more of a quiet uh quiet uh spiritual time so so yeah um that's gonna kind of do it for this uh for this intro um yeah we really um re- really thankful for father seth for coming and joining us today and uh yeah we really hope you uh enjoy this episode uh, thanks again for coming and, and joining you know sorry things aren't going particularly on time that's fine um but uh but yeah i guess t- just to like s- to start off do you want to just give us a little bit of just kind of like who is Father Seth? Where are you from, and, sure. and what kind of uh, your uh, like upbringing was like? Yeah, great. So, uh, Father Seth Goglin, happy to be here uh, on the podcast. 
Um, I grew up in Brainerd, Baxter area. The promised land. The promised land. Great place. A lot of vocations actually have come from Brainerd. Beautiful gift. I don't know why uh, that they've come from there, but it's a wonderful, wonderful place to be from. Um, born, raised, uh, graduated from high school there. I'm the youngest of four uh, kids. My brother, Mike, uh, is actually a parishioner at Holy Family. And uh, I have two sisters, Rachel and Bridget. Rachel, uh, with her family, lives in St. Joseph, Minnesota, and Bridget lives in Hopkins, Minnesota. Um, I am currently pastor at St. John the Evangelist and St. Benedict's Parishes in here in Duluth. I was ordained in 2012, with a class of six of us, a wonderful ordination. So coming up on my 10-year anniversary of priesthood, which is really exciting. Yeah. It's been a wonderful 10 years, wonderful life. Um, yeah, the uh, call to the priesthood happened for me um, sometime during my first year of college. Or I should say that's when I started to hear it. I'm sure the Lord was calling me much before that. And I don't know, maybe we'll talk about that later. But yeah. um, that's uh, that's when I started to feel the draw towards the priesthood and uh, the call to enter enter the seminary. I enjoy playing the drums. I still have a set uh, with me that's at my rectory. And um, Duluth's been a great place to opportunity for going on hikes and walks all over the place, which is a great leisure for me as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so so growing up, growing up in Brainerd, mm-hmm. um, and, you know, it's it's known now as like a, like a, a, a good kind of Catholic town. Sure. Uh, and I mean, I'm even trying to think like back when I was kind of growing up, I, I don't know if it had, I guess, that um, kind of that thought from the diocese as a whole. Mm-hmm. But it was definitely like felt like there was a lot of things that really helped me to grow in my faith to that where I became when I went off to college and even became an, an adult. Like I mm-hmm. wanted to continue to live out my faith. What, what, were there things as like a kid or, or even that your family did that mm-hmm. you think like strengthened your faith and kind of handed that to you? Sure. Um, one of the things that, that I recall um, about parish life, especially as I was in uh, middle school, junior high and high school, I don't remember the exact year, but at some point all the parishes got clustered together um, under one pastor. It was Father Seamus Walsh at the time. Uh, Father Seamus reminds me that I entered seminary under him. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, but it was a hard time for the parishes because... Um, as we can experience kind of a parochialism, like we're holding on to our own stuff. And so there was some pain that was experienced over the first few years of that. But as we grew into it and realized, well, this is kind of just here to stay. Um, there was a lot of beauty in that, getting together, especially with other kids, um, other students my age in the faith formation program, youth ministry. Um, we came to be this sort of critical mass of kids that we were able to, to see kind of a shared faith, which was, I don't know, it was just kind of amazing to see the amount of youth that were Catholic when we put all the parishes together. I think that was yeah. a huge thing. Regarding my family, um, you know, I, it's always hard to say what is what is a standard Catholic upbringing. I, I, I don't know what that is, I guess. But um, certainly Mass was was a must every, every weekend for us. Um, we prayed together as a family. I remember certainly when I was young, uh, the family rosary, even at home and uh, while we traveled, um, we, we did that, um, praying together uh, at night before going to bed, those sort those sorts of things. Um, but nothing in particular like says, wow, that was just a tremendous Catholic mm-hmm. upbringing. It was good, yeah. but I, I, I wouldn't, I, I don't, I don't look back and say, you know, it's that it's something way above the rest or what other families would have been doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I think um, it, even if it is like inspiring to hear like, it's like, oh, you know, 
we did this or we did that. Mm-hmm. Like even just the, cause I think that's kind of it for me too. Is like, oh, we just we just showed up, mm-hmm. you know. We just did the things, and um, you know. Uh, so yeah, that's I, th- I think that's um, that's even a like a uh, I don't know, even, like brings hope to people because I'm yeah. sure I'm sure there's parents out there. They're like, we're not doing enough or. Um, we're not, you know, we're not doing this. We're not doing that. We see these people doing that, you know? Right. Um, so yeah. Did, did your family go to, were you St. Andrew's family or oh, St. Francis? St. Andrew's family. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, I, I didn't, uh, I didn't go to the, the Catholic school there either. Mm-hmm. Um, love Catholic education by the way. Um, but I, it wasn't something that, um, we did. My parents are both public uh, school teachers and, Things, you know, I graduated in 2004. I mean, I know that's less than 20 years ago, but, and I can't speak to exactly what's happening in Brainerd, but public education in general, it's, there's been a lot of changes. And I'd never felt um, attacked or that it was anything contrary to the faith back then, as we can see things maybe more popping up these days in public education. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And for, for, for people who aren't familiar with, with Brainerd, there's really, there's two big parishes. I guess now, now there's another, like a third one. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Yeah, since, since then, they've created a new parish, All Saints. That's which, right. Which I don't know when that came into. I think it was like the late thousands. Yeah. Right? Let's see. It was. Uh, gosh, it was before I was a priest. Um, Father Chris McCuskey was the first yeah. pastor of that. He was ordained in two thousand five. Two years associate three. It might have been like two thousand eight or two thousand nine. Yeah. Yeah. So so now there's like three pr- pr- fairly large yes. parishes. Um, hello, Father Anthony. Hello, brother. Hello. <laughs> the pastor has um, arrived. The pastor has arrived, yes. You know, uh, f- fashionably late. Yes, but not too late. <laughs> not, <laughs> no. too late. not too late. perfect time. It's the perfect time to join my brother and my other brother in Christ. <laughs> Hi. Hello. Welcome. We're, we're just talking about the Brainerd area. Oh, land that I love. <laughs> Stand beside. No, I'm just kidding. It's such a wonderful place. Where most of our vocations come from, right? Right. Isn't it like 20 of our 38 priests? I hesitate to say, 20, but, but there's 20 a lot. 20-ish. 20 mm-hmm. That's like a, ju- a chunk of it. Like it's almost half. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So so uh, Father Anthony was kind of caught up in a meeting. but it was. But he's here now and he has coffee. Um, yeah, so... Uh, we, we just kind of started, and we were talking about, uh, yeah, Father Seth's, Seth's upbringing, kind of uh, just kind of growing up in Brainerd and how the faith because initially, like, just built up in him. Um, and y- you kind of mentioned that you, you went to college. That's kind of when you heard the, mm-hmm. the call to the priesthood. Mm-hmm. Um, where, where did you go? Oh, yeah. So college maybe isn't the exact term. I was at a tech school. I was at St. Okay. Cloud Technical College. Okay. Uh, in hey, college. <laughs> it's, it says it in the name, right? Yeah. Um, so it's funny for a man who ended up going to seminary and being in school eight years post high school, but um, I wasn't a kid that loved school. And so when I was in high school, there was a, a great opportunity, um, Cisco Computer Networking class. It was a two-year course. At the end, we were able to get certified through Cisco, and I did that. And I thought to myself, maybe I won't even go to college at all. <laughs> uh, but I just, I thought, well, no, to be more marketable, I should at least do a little something. So I'm like, I'll do tech school. That's two years. That's quick. Mm-hmm. And it was during that first year in St. Cloud where, um, as I said, I think the Lord was calling me all along, obviously. But it was then that I was able to start to hear him. And it sort of was manifested in um, just kind of a general ugh, 
feeling in my heart every morning I woke up. I couldn't really understand why. Um, I was doing something that I, that I really enjoyed, that I was good at. And at this point in my life, I did <clears throat> uh, have kind of a, a life of falling away from the Lord several years before that. And at this point, I was really all in for Jesus. And so that was great. And um, I was dating a great Catholic girl. So everything kind of on paper checked off. But every morning I woke up, I just just felt kind of yucky, and I and I and I couldn't couldn't understand why. And uh, one time I went to go visit a friend of mine, now Father Shane Sullivan, another priest from Brainerd, but he serves in the land of Ireland. Um, I went to go visit him, who he was at the seminary. He went right away out of high school, and I wasn't I had no thoughts of entering seminary again. It wasn't a desire on my heart, at least that I realized. <laughs> And there was no thoughts of it. I, I thought I was destined to be married, have kids, etc. But it was, um, as I entered there, it wasn't even like a conversation with a seminarian. It wasn't getting into the chapel. It was literally walking into the entry of the seminary. I just all of a sudden felt peace on my heart. And although it can be sound silly for people to hear, uh, I didn't think I was going to be a priest even then. I just knew I had to, I knew I had to go to seminary. Like I knew I had, I had the Lord was calling me to be there. And I thought maybe it was just a, hey, Seth, do you trust me? This is where I'm leading you right now. But, uh, of course, as seminary continued on, I, I realized this was this was what I was made for. The Lord created me to be his priest. Yeah. Mm. And we praise God for that, brother. <laughs> My brother priest. Thank you, Anthony. Shoot, man. <laughs> and it's so cool because, I mean, the qualities that you have uh, of leadership, of um, all those other gifts of, you know, organization and discipline and those things that are just so worth um, having in the priesthood are now blessing the priesthood in your current parishes and your current, you know, new appointment in uh, leadership as well. It's just, a, it blesses the church and, and you are a gift to the church. It's so great um, to just hear those beginnings, mm. how you opened even just a, at first, just to go to seminary, <laughs> you know, just to cast out any doubts that you might have, you know, that's just giving the Lord a little bit of a chance, you know, and then he just takes it and runs, right? I mean, he's, he's so good at that. <laughs> what, what's been like a, because I, I think all of us have like an idea of like what, or an expectation of what we think our, our future is going to be like or mm -hmm. something. But how, how do you think living these almost last 10 years as mm -hmm. a priest has either like met or like shattered your expectations of what you had? Oh, wow. Yeah. Probably shattered my expectations in a lot of ways. Um, um, yeah, the the priesthood. I, I would, I would love to do this, as they say, in, in every life and in any choice you had. If you could go back and do it again, um, I would always choose the priesthood. Um, but yeah, there's been some a ton of unexpected things, beautiful things, uh, ministry challenges, um, all the different assignments I've been in. Father Anthony has experienced that as well, uh, and ultimately, it's a. With every change that takes place with an assignment, I just I feel the Lord just saying, "All right, now I ask you to follow me here. This is where I need you. This is where I want you for my people, but also for you. Like this is for you as well. I need you to follow me in this way, um, not just for the people, but for your for yourself." And I would never have imagined in ten years as a priest, I've been in one, two, three probably like five or six assignments. I mean, granted, this last one, I stayed still in Duluth, but I had a change of parishes this last year. I had St. Joseph's in Ganesan was clustered with St. John's, and now St. Benedict's is. Um, this new assignment coming up in January is Vicar General. Um, that 
yeah, blew my mind being asked to do that. That was never would have been on my radar. Uh, but yet the Lord sees all of these things. He knows, uh, and he puts all of these things, our assignments, whatever crises might happen in a given parish assignment, whatever beautiful opportunities in the sacraments, everything, um, is all, all meant for, for the good of souls, including my own. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, is there any been like, uh, like I don't want to say like, <laughs> what are the negative things, but like what 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 are maybe like the unexpected like hardships? Oh. Um. Well, I think the moves ha- have been hardships, right? I, yeah. Um, Change is hard. It is, and you know, as priests, the goal, right, is that we really really give our hearts to our people in each of our parishes assignments that we're at to really love. Um, as deeply um, as we possibly can. And so when there has to be a move, you know, it really tears at the heart. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always love the next people I'm with as hard as I did the last people, but there's always a, a, a pain in that. And um, <laughs> so, so, uh, I'll, I'll quote him, Father Jerry Weiss. Um, he said, you know, when priests are ordained right away, Maybe celibacy is like kind of the strongest like promise that is like, okay, wow, this is going to be a challenge. You know, the Lord can help me, but it's a challenge. But he's like, let me tell you, very quickly after that, it's obedience. <laughs> Saying, Lord, where are you going to lead me? How are, how are you asking me to say yes to the bishop? Um, what do I need to do now? Um, and I'd say that's true and not in a struggle like, oh, I don't want to say yes, but I always have. But it is a pain to, to think you're in a place. You know, my longest assignment has been four years, and so I'm really hoping for something longer than that eventually, you know? Yeah. Um, but even in those short assignments, there's there's beauty in it. Uh, other challenges or unexpected things? Um, yeah, I, I think sometimes there's the, the challenge of trying to get together with the brother priests. You know, in seminary, you have such a beautiful life together, um, support for each other. And even when we're close, like we have the beauty of so many priests in Duluth, there is a certain um, amount of time we give to the life in the parish, which we ought to, right? That's our that's our love. Um, that's, that's our spouse. And yet there's still that need for that fraternal support, and it can be challenging to even step away from the busyness of parish life to, to try to make sure that support can happen, as we, it's kind of just expected in seminary. Yeah. Yeah, it's built into our life, you know. I'm nodding my head over here. I don't, you know, like many things you're, you're saying, Father Seth. I mean, I'm just like, uh-huh, mm-hmm, preach it, brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, Best believe that. I'm just kidding. Uh, I, I think it's interesting, too, especially with kind of your age you know, range, and we, we, we were we were talking about this. Like, there's there's a lot of priests in the diocese that are within the like 35 to 45, right. you know, age range, and especially just within like your the couple years of your guys's ordinations. Like, there's a lot of guys, and at least from what it seems like, is you're all pretty close too, mm-hmm. which I like has to be like you have to a certain extent like a blessing, but then that's probably also like like hurts more because you're like oh but we like want to spend time together but it's mm-hmm. but it's hard to yeah limitations right mm-hmm. yeah yeah i think about that back in seminary you know i was telling dan earlier i think before we started doing the podcast today that there was so many years you look at those vocation posters we had you know 20 25 guys one mm-hmm. time we had almost 30 and so the brotherhood there was so strong because there was so many guys in a given you know two three year gap 
or not a gap. They were all right next to each other. And so it really helped foster that. I mean, we were one of the largest dioceses at St. John Vianney when we were there, yeah. which was pretty incredible. Yeah, it was. We were we were forced to be reckoned with. No, uh, that's what we thought of ourselves. But um, that's true, though. We we had we had a Duluth house. Yes. I mean, Father said you were the RA of the Duluth house. Oh yes. Times, yeah, times. brother. <laughs> you had your own priest in that house. So, uh, just a background. I don't know if you already talked about it, but SJV St. John Vianney College Seminary, where Father Seth and I both went. Um, we had so many uh, seminarians when I first entered. In 2003, we had like 85 seminarians, and then when I graduated, there were 144. And so it had grown exponentially, and there wasn't room in the main house anymore. So we had to get these houses outside properties. And so our, ours was on Selby, um, the Duluth house, because it was also Duluth seminarians. There was six, right? Mm-hmm. Six guys in there. And we had our own backyard. I mean, Archbishop Schnur, who was our bishop at the time, we had like cookouts with him and stuff in the backyard of our house. You know, it was really cool, but it fostered great fraternity among us. And it was so um, wonderful to have a group of Duluth guys to get together, to pray together, to share life together, mm-hmm. you know, to share life together. Not just uh, sharing things that are formal, but like life. You know, this is my family. This is what's going on. You know, I'm struggling in school or whatever it might have been. Mm-hmm. It was so good for um, just being one with each other. And, and with our own flaws, too. You know, certain people messy, certain people neat, you know, and just <laughs> trying to navigate those yeah, challenges. Yeah. Some some uh, human formation. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Especially in college, we were still on our way. Right. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm. But it was so good for us um, with that. And now in the priesthood, we, we desire it, but we find so... It, it's just to line up three or four calendars mm. it's just it's like a work of god you know <laughs> it's like we have the same afternoon off we can do this wow you know and we we do what we can to try and hook something on to a, an event now mm-hmm. like let's go do dinner after the event we really try for that um those are things where we can have some of that fraternity again. And it's always joyful. I don't know about mm-hmm. your experience, but I always love it. Yes. I, you know, even if I have a flat face, I'm enjoying it, you know. <laughs> like, yes, this is enjoyable. Um, no, but, it is. It's a, it's a gift. Yeah. yeah. It's so good. We need more of it. Yeah. Did, um, do you, would you say that there's more, like, fraternal, like, or at least more times like now that you're in Duluth, or do you think it's like just the same amount if you were, you know, up in the range or something? I suppose it's easier just to try to grab dinner with, sure. with guys, but to have the kind of the intentional fraternity time, I, I don't want to say that it actually is much more, which yeah. is a sad statement of my own heart that I, I don't that I don't reach and grab for that more often because we do have a lot of guys in Duluth. <laughs> we do. <laughs> And me being new to Duluth, I want to be a part of that <laughs> to to be, do what I can to get us together. But we'll all, you know, make our trials and things mm-hmm. like that. I mean, I I'm not bashful about my desire for us to live together mm-hmm. at some point. Of course, we have to still work on what that would look like. Will it work out? You know, those things are important. Mm-hmm. So to line those up as best we can as we move forward as a as a diocese and as a brotherhood uh, with the mission of of saving souls and making saints. Um, yeah, it's, it's worth some of that struggle too, but I think, yeah, I, I, I too, I'm already been here a couple months and I'm like, 
hmm, I need to get out more with my brother priest. You know, like <laughs> mm-hmm. it is one of those things that it's like it's it's good for our spiritual health, and it's so easy to like put that to the wayside because we have all the other demands on our life, and you know, it's it's uh, analogous to like making sure we have a good diet and we're working out because we need those things for our physical health and sometimes mental health, you know. Uh, but so so to the fraternity, we we need it. But it can be sometimes easy to say, well, I got all these other things going on. That, that, that's not that necessary. But it, it really is important. Oh, yeah. It's, it's life-giving, mm-hmm. you know, and, and can be refreshing to even if we say don't need it. Maybe the other guy does, mm-hmm. you know, um, just, just to, to be heard out. And there's something, too, that we will understand uh, that our parents can't even understand mm-hmm. because they don't share the same life. I mean, my dad... And mom are incredible supports, but there are certain things I'll describe to them that they don't quite get mm-hmm. because they've never lived the priestly life, you know, and that yeah. this is what only brothers would know. Uh, just like the Band of Brothers series from, you know, the Tom Hanks had put it together mm-hmm. with others, you know, based on that book by Stephen Ambrose, I think it was. Yep. Mm-hmm. And that that's something so analogous to our life, you know. We're in the trenches together. Um, their families will, will always love them, but their brothers are there next to them, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what's like, uh, so I, um, I mean, uh, probably a, a couple weeks ago came out the, the, the news of the, of the changes and then the moves. Mm. And with that, it kind of, you got a, a, a promotion, right? <laughs> uh, uh, a, a new, a new assignment. Yeah. <laughs> beginning, in, beginning in January, um, Bishop Felton has named me the, the vicar general and then also a position called uh, moderator of mission integration. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so that'll be taking place. I, uh, Father Jim Bissonnette, who's the current vicar general, I'll be meeting with him quite a bit over the next several months to, to learn the ropes of what, what that, that role will really entail for yeah. me. Uh, but, yeah, it'll, it'll involve on the practical side. I'll be at the Chancery, the diocesan offices, a couple days a week, um, which <clears throat> will be good. Uh, but certainly the, the challenge of Kaylin, it's, you know, two days away, I'm away from the parish. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's, uh, you know, in a kind of a small diocese such as ours, that's kind of the way we do those extra assignments, just kind of on top on top of the parishes. Yeah, yeah, and so the yeah the 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 second role, mm-hmm. the mediator of mission integration. Yeah, is that is that new, or is that has that kind of been a part of that vicar oh, general? Oh, role? sure, sure. So um, I think it's a, a play a little bit on uh, the moderator of the curia position. Uh, the reason I say that is that that position kind of uh, maintains um, and works with the diocesan pastoral center staff. And that's a big part of my role with that is as Bishop Felton is going to be laying out his vision, uh, the Holy Spirit's vision for our diocese for, for uh, mission, um, that role of moderator of mission integration will take a look at what we're doing on a diocesan level, especially with the diocesan staff and saying, is this, does this match with this? If it does, fantastic. My job's easy. If it doesn't, then we'll try to help uh, get uh, the diocesan staff in line with that with that vision as well. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so yeah, just kind of looking at like, okay, how can we as a diocese like actually support the mission mm-hmm. in a way? Yeah. Okay. It's exciting stuff. Yeah. yeah that, that, that is. I mean, I know like Father Anthony and I have have kind of talked about. I've just like. Um, and now even, you know, with the, like the previous pastors and people just around the city, it's like, yeah, I feel like, you know, after everything that this diocese has been through in like the last, like, I don't know, 10 years, mm-hmm. it's like, it's like, it feels like we're finally like getting to a place where we can actually like 
like be activated and not just be like on the defensive. Yeah. You can actually like go out mm-hmm. and actually, you know. Um, so yeah, I, uh, what do you think is on like, like on the horizon for, for like the diocese or, or, or even maybe not as like specific, but like, I don't know what, what, what brings you hope for, for the diocese? Mm. Well, I, I think one of the things that brings hope is, is some vision by, by Bishop Felton. You know, he has a really strong desire, um, to stop, you know, just maintaining things, but to begin growing things. Um, he's, he's talked a lot at pastoral, I mean, at presbyteral council meetings and other homilies that he's given of, we, you know, he talks about that dawning moment, which is kind of what you and Father Anthony were just uh, discussing or we're saying that you guys have discussed. And that's, we're coming out of um, a lot of hard times in our diocese. And it's just, it's time to go forward with the Lord. And that, that does give me a lot of hope. It's just, um, it's just nice to have a shepherd here in place giving us a vision. And, you know, Father Jim Bissonette did a, did a nice job as our diocesan administrator, but um, even that is sort of a maintained role. And now yeah, we, we have yeah. a shepherd for, for moving forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a guide through through the swamps of modern life, we'll <laughs> say. <No. laughs> Come this way, you know. And that's so good for us to, oh, it's so, such a grace to have a bishop. I mean, we only know his great value and great importance, even more so in his absence. You mm-hmm. know, and we finally got him about a year ago, roughly. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. just a sigh of relief in the entire diocese just to have him there as as a spiritual father. And like, yeah, he's got a vision. It's great. You know, like um, I was reminded of uh, the seminary that, in, that I went to in Rome. The rectors had said on the bell tower in Camden, New Jersey, there's a little phrase on the bell tower. And it says the people suffer for lack of vision. Mm. And there's something about that that's really true, that rings true when there isn't that vision the people mm-hmm. suffer, you know, because there's sort of an aimlessness, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um, and distraction is is easier sought, you know, easier to fall into and mm-hmm. with that, right? But when we have a focus and a vision that our, our spiritual father is giving us too, mm-hmm. you know, we can really be on, on task and, and take a direction, you know? Yeah. And Father said. You can be an integral part of such things. It's I'm so pray I'm, for me. I will. You know, I was thinking of that when you were speaking. I'm like, oh Lord, have mercy, give him grace. You know, because uh, yeah, it, it's a role that you know comes with the cross, but some blessings too. There's some beautiful blessings with that. Um, so yeah, be assured of my prayers, mm. brother, and support if you need to relax. <laughs> you know, just uh, yeah, let me know. You can definitely let me know. <laughs> yeah, what's what's like the um, the like role of vicar general? Like, I, like I know, it, mm-hmm. I know, like kind of in theory, it's like oh, kind of like right hand man to the bishop a little bit of like doing some of the more like administrative like tasks. But like practically, what does that like look like? Are 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 are, are you still asking those same questions? A little bit. Uh, <laughs> It's uh, it's good, like I said, about getting to meet with Father Jim and talking about some of those things. My role as vicar general will be slightly different than his uh, is, um, as I'm not a canon lawyer, and so I will not be doing those sorts of things as I'm not qualified to do them. So he, uh, come January, he'll have a new title as well. I believe it's director of canonical services. So basically, he'll be keeping those uh, canon law roles that he has had as a vicar general. 
So it is sort of a feeling out of what what is there, and then what how how Bishop Felton uh, would like it to be. Is um, in fact, as Father Jim has said, like Vicar General is kind of a, a personal appointment, meaning the bishop kind of has an idea of how he wants that role to go, yeah. and so that'll be a big big part of it. But but you're right, it is it is a lot of uh, administrative stuff, um, a lot of hopefully being uh, in step <laughs> completely with the bishop, uh, being that that um, that person that's there if he's outside of the diocese uh, to be able to, to step in to do whatever is necessary, which hopefully is very little. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, it, yeah, so it, it will be a... Um, it's going to be a learning curve for me, but, again, it's one of the blessings for me of it beginning in January is uh, I have quite a bit of time to... Um, figure that out and learn yeah. from Father Jim as well as what Bishop's vision is for me in that role. Mm-hmm. Oh, God bless you. Yes, God bless you. And I hope the Lord, you know, gives you a little lightness in your parish pastoral duties so that you have a little room, you know, some Thank mental you. ram for that too. Delegate, delete, or do. Those three, three things. You know, <laughs> I like sitting that. at our desk, you know. Delegate, delete, or do. <laughs> You know, <laughs> I'm gonna write that down. That's gonna be a note card. It's for a me. helpful yeah. thing. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it's so true though. You know, delegate, delete, or do. You know, it's those three things when we see things come across our desks, and um, the ones we're more apt to do are having to do with care of souls. It's just mm. that's the, the primary, the the care of souls, and the vicar general has that. You know, care of souls, not only of his parishes, then of course, but also of sort of a diocesan perspective. Mm. You know, it's not, they're not your responsibles, but they're, you know, you're helping that mission mm. with, with the bishop. And you're his vicar, you know, mm. in general. In general. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the vicar general, we should have, like, people announce your presence. We should do it. No, no we I'm, shouldn't, I'm no. <laughs> <laughs> Introducing the vicar general. You know, we, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> we won't do that. And mediator of mission interior. <laughs> we will silently know it and acknowledge an interior nod. <laughs> I'm kidding, brother. You know I support you. Yeah. Uh, that's great. Um, well, yeah, we don't want to take too much of your time here uh, today. But, uh, but yeah, we're super thankful for, for you coming out. And, Thank you, Dan. Uh, talking to us yeah I, I think it's I think it's great especially for um, I think everyone in the diocese to get more of a like a wider view of like what's actually going on because I think we can get so we can just get like tunnel vision of just like uh, like my parish and this is what happens in my parish and everything that happens outside of my parish doesn't matter mm-hmm. because it's not my parish you know which um, which to a certain extent is just kind of what happens mm-hmm. especially Especially if you're not in a place where there's many parishes, right? But um, so that, that's just natural. But but I think it's so it's um, there's so much to benefit us if we just widen our our view of what's going on in our local church, which is which is the diocese. Mm-hmm. You know, and and even you see it like here in you know on the on the west end, we're doing a lot of uh, you know teaming up and working on stuff. And I know on the east end, you've mm-hmm. been doing that as well. Yes. Um, so yeah, like there is just so much more going on, uh, and a- as we do see, like oh, like we're obviously a little low on priests, um, at least for for the number of churches that we have. That's right. Which we won't get into that. Um, but uh, but 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 just the fact that like yeah, we are kind of spread thin, 
currently. Mm -hmm. And so like, uh, and you know, looking at like something that we talk a lot about, a lot about here is like, we can't just keep doing what we have been doing. Yeah. Um, cause we'll just keep getting the results that we're getting. So, um, we do have to change things up, which is, which is what people are doing in the, in the, in the diocese. And I think specifically in the city of Duluth, which, um, w- which is exciting. Mm-hmm. It is. So. It's an exciting time to be in Duluth. Exciting time to be a priest. Amen. Amen, brother. Yeah, great. Well, uh, yeah. Thank you so much, Father Seth, for um, for joining us. Um, and yeah, Father Anthony, I'm, I'm I'm glad you were able to to squeeze in. Make it here towards <laughs> the the end. So yes, this was wonderful. Thank you. thank you much for the invite. I was very glad to be here. Yeah, great. Great well, to have yeah. you, Father. Yeah, thank you. And um, yeah, maybe we'll 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 have you back another time. That'd so. be great. Great. Well, th- thank you everyone for listening. Um, we hope you enjoyed uh, this week's episode. And uh, yeah, we'll catch you again next time. God bless.